So welcome, we're live. Uh, my name is Mike Crawford and I'm typing in titles. We're still not on Twitter yet, but uh, people can already see us on the Facebook. And I'm out of my mind today. I don't know if people realize that. I'm always out of my mind, but today extra, I just woke up. I was late for this interview, which never happens. And I was really excited earlier about the interview. So I'm kind of like still in nap land, but I have a really cool guest and I'm really excited to have her. Uh, she's an at-large, city councilor uh I'm, I, I'm afraid to say her name i'm afraid i'm gonna screw up everything because i have any notes i'm not organized i, I, I had an hour set aside and i slept right through it <laughs> i'm a failure today and she just gave me the heads up on what the hat i'm wearing i didn't even realize my buddy's hat probably <laughs> translates to 420. the 1620 is military time 14 420 i didn't realize I'm really, I'm learning a lot of things today, even about myself that I didn't even know. And so let's get her, we have her here. She's, she's right here. We're not going to wait any longer. Uh, we have, she's running for state rep. She's a, I want to make sure I'm getting this right. She's at uh, Chelsea, is it Chelsea? Yes, Chelsea City Councilor at Large, Damali Vito. Vito, very good. Vito, Vito. Yes. I, I almost screwed it up. I did screw it up. You're Damali okay, Vito. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I'm sorry I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a mess today. No worries. I appreciate you having me here. And I'd rather you just be yourself and let's just be cool and everything's going to be okay. I, I, really, uh, I really do appreciate you on so many levels because you are involved in so much. You've been highly recommended, number one. Uh, and now you're running for you know, the state rep. The voting has started yesterday. You have a yeah. big thing tonight, later tonight. Why did you decide to go from where you're right now, city councilor, doing a lot of good work, to now running for state rep? So to be honest with you, um, the same reason that I got into city council in the first place, and that's that I felt that there was a lack of leadership. I had questions um, about why my community was the way it was and why there was um, little to no response. I felt that, um, for you know, there's distrust in government everywhere, and you wonder, how is it that these elected officials continue to be in these roles, but we continue to struggle and, and, and there isn't any upward mobility, you ask these questions. Um, but I just topped the ticket in November, I was not thinking about running for higher office. Um, but at the height of the pandemic, COVID hit Chelsea pretty hard. And I looked out the window, there was a food line at a pop-up pantry, a mother's waiting hours to get a box of food to feed their kids. And as a mother, I just, that just didn't sit well with me. And I feel that people have been able to turn a blind eye to things like housing insecurity and food insecurity and all these things. And these are things that I don't have the luxury to be able to turn a blind eye to um, because they're my nieces, they're my nephews, they're my neighbors. And, and so I just, want to make sure that we're amplifying the voices of the people at a level where we can actually affect change. And right now, there's also a lawsuit that you're involved in. Uh, with ExxonMobil? Yes. Yes. Tell us about that, too, because I'm, I'm interested in how that happened and, and what's going on in that. So, well, we're, we're kind of at a standstill right now um, because of the pandemic. Um, I know that the last thing that they discussed, which was earlier this year, was whether or not they were going to allow something specific to be heard and they voted in our, the judge voted in our favor. So I don't really have any update there, but I'm a member of the Conservation Law Foundation and we had heard that ExxonMobil, who were getting complaints, that they had reports and they knew that they, a category one hurricane could potentially mean that their terminal would be underwater and they did nothing to mitigate or to fix the terminal and that they had received a permit from the EPA uh, to be able to release 
and I can't believe that they even do this, to be able to release certain toxins into the Mystic River and that they were exceeding that by over 2,000%. And so um, we spoke with Conservation Law Foundation. They said that they were thinking of suing. We hopped, we wrote a letter to them where a bunch of activists got together from Chelsea, Everett and the region. We went to ExxonMobil. They refused to take the letter. We taped it to the door. Um, and then we decided to sue them because they weren't responsive. They, it's just for too long, big corporations like that, they just do it in, in, in our neighborhoods with little to regard to, uh, for the people that live in the area. And I just, I'm tired of it. What do you, what do you expect to see happen? Like, like what, what the best thing that will happen if you get your way on that with ExxonMobil? To be honest with you, I, I've never really thought of that. I just want them to be found guilty and to be able and, and to let them decide how they're going to mitigate that and, and mediate the the uh, the the harm at the very minimum fix up your terminal please abide by the permits that you're receiving by the epa at the very minimum just follow the rules you know so i i really i haven't thought about it that far for me it's just about accountability i'll let the lawyers do what the lawyers do so um and also you know in chelsea there's been Obviously, with COVID-19, it came up right away that it was one of the hot spots, and it didn't seem to be getting the attention that it deserved. Right. And, and I did notice, you know, especially in social media, just, you know, just generally, that you were one of the folks that were, like, crying for attention and to get the PPE and to get yeah. the food in there. Do you th did that happen? Did you feel like yeah. where you are now in Chelsea is much better than it was, like, say, in the spring? or, or how how are things looking from the state so I, response in Chelsea? Uh, so initially what happened was that our numbers kept going up and the governor was just saying, well, we're going to have this blanket approach to the entire state. And we in Chelsea were like, no, we're disproportionately impacted. We need more. We're, we're hurting. Our numbers are high. But the governor was at that time telling different municipalities not to report the individual numbers. So our chief of police here in Chelsea started to uh, organize with other chiefs of police in other cities and coordinate and, and gather numbers every night. And we were monitoring it and we saw that Chelsea's numbers were huge. They were at that point, they were higher than the hardest hit areas in New York, which at the time was the epicenter. And so I went on social media and I was calling out the governor every chance I got, like, listen, pay attention here, pay attention here. We're not going to stop. I organized a bunch of organizations nonprofits, elected officials, school committees. I even got the CEOs of Beth Israel and MGH to sign on to a letter that we wrote to the governor to say, look, we need help here. Um, luckily, because of that, we were able to get the National Guard here to help us with food efforts. We were able to get some financial services in terms of keeping a hotel open to be able to have people go to a hotel and socially distance. We were able to get uh, PPE, we were able to get additional testing. And so that's what kind of got us going. And then everybody in the, ch in the city, this is such a beautiful community. Local organizations just really working together. We created our own uh, pandemic response team that is still working, getting diapers for people, food pantries. It it's beautiful. Um, and we were doing a lot better, but we're starting to see our numbers start to creep up again because everybody's so eager to return to a normal that no longer exists. Um, and so what it does is that it just puts us at risk and 80% of our workforces are essential workers. So even at the height of the pandemic, when people were quarantining, many of our people here in Chelsea had to go and fix the roofs in more affluent neighborhoods. Our, our, our residents are supermarket workers and, and maintenance folks and the airports and the hospitals. So, yeah. A lot of uh, healthcare workers, nurses. I mean, it's just, that's where you're going to get the, yeah. 
That's where you're going to get the COVID-19. That's right. Uh, schools, like what, because I mean, there's so many issues right now, COVID-19, and you're, you're, you're seeing it on a local, on the, on the city level, yeah. but now you're running for the state office as well. Right. What, what is the answer for schools right now for like, because it seems like every city in town is dealing with this on whether to send the kids back to school. What, think, what's yeah. your advice on that? I, for me, I just feel like we need to listen to the people that would be most at risk, which would be parents, students, and teachers. I feel like there's the administration have, have across the board just been very eager for us to return to school. Um, and I just think that people are forgetting that we're in a global pandemic and that the systems that were before just no longer are. And so when teachers are saying, look, we're scared, we don't want to put ourselves at risk. Um, and the parents are saying, look, we don't want to put our kids at risk. And the only, the sole, the biggest reason that parents are saying um, that they want the schools to reopen is because they want to go back to work. And that cannot be it. So, so, I mean, I just think that there's a big disconnect there. But nonetheless, I would say I would have preferred that in the time that we spent trying to push reopening of the schools, we would have better crafted, perfected what virtual learning would have looked like. Because then maybe by September, we would have had a nice system that would have gone, that, that would have benefited everyone. So, yeah, that's. Do you feel like we're behind on that, all of that? Like the virtual learning? Absolutely. Yeah. Of course, I mean, we weren't ready for it. And, and, and due respect to the teachers and to everyone who from one day to the other had to go virtual. But a lot, for a lot of parents, it's like in Chelsea, one of the biggest complaints that I got were, you know, the kids are in school for eight hours a day and all of a sudden it was like one hour of learning and, and that was it. And there was no follow-up, there was no homework. And we, were, we didn't know what we were doing. And so it's, I know that a lot of our kids, if not being constantly stimulated, will fall behind. Uh, but now we're falling behind because we were so busy to try to get back to this normal, trying to create these virtual remote hybrids and rather than just trying to recreate uh, a virtual uh, platform that could have possibly worked for everyone. So it's tough, but for me, I don't think that anyone should ever have to choose between their education and, and public health. And so it's better for folks to stay home. Now, I've been looking at your Facebook page and you have so many endorsements for the seat now. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you want to name some of them? Because I, I, I had my list earlier that I was going to go to, and then you know that I, I fell asleep. It's like the dog ate my homework excuse today I'm going to use. Because I really did. I fell asleep. I didn't get any of my stuff. Like even, it's all upstairs right now. Yeah. No uh, worries. Do you want to talk about some of I mean, you you have sure. a ton of endorsements. Yeah, Would you, like, what are some of the biggest endorsements you have? Um, well, for me, it's the, the people of the community that endorse me, the community folks that are deeply rooted in community that support me, because for me, it's always been about the people. Um, and so I just want to make sure to acknowledge um, the community leaders that endorse me. And I, I won't name them because I don't want to leave anyone behind. But as far as more institutions that are endorsing me, I have um, Our Revolution, I have Democratic Socialists of America, Sunrise, Mass Alliance, Progressive Massachusetts, Progressive Dems. Um, I have so many. Um, Environmental League of Massachusetts, um, a lot of invite, oh, Right to the City, Chinese Progressive Political Association. So it's, it's a lot of organizations that really focus on the power of the people, on social justice, on community work, on equity, on housing and environmental. Uh, 
and, and, and I'm very proud of those, every single one of them. And, and, and I, I honestly, if I forgot anyone, it's no disrespect, but um, I'm really proud of all the endorsements that I've been able to get because they fall in line with my values and that's everything. Great. And speaking of endorse, the endorsement game, there are other races happening right now that uh, probably getting a lot more focus because they're on the national level or mm -hmm. you know statewide, let's say. Um, the big one everyone's looking at is the the uh, Senate race, excuse me. I was going to say congressional, but one of them is a congressman. One of them used to be a congressman. Oh, actually, both of them. Yeah, <laughs> I guess both of them are former. It's weird now because, yeah, I don't know what Joe Kennedy really is right now. I guess it's funny. But anyways, you know what I'm to You know where I was going. You know what I'm trying to uh, articulate. Joe yes. Kennedy versus Ed Markey. Yes. <laughs> Have you made a decision on who you think would be the best senator in that primary race? I have tried to stay out of it because it's something that I know that folks are really torn on. I know where I'm leaning um, and where I'm voting for. I always vote my values. Um, and so I know where I'm leaning. I, I have stayed out of that one publicly because I don't want to have to sit here and justify where I am. Oh, you sound just like me. <laughs> Some people would say, because I, I, you know, and I don't think anyone cares about my endorsement like they care about yours, honestly, but, uh, I don't know you know, we, <laughs> we, we kind of, we kind of, you know, throw them out there and talk about it, especially when, you know, one person came on, Senator Markey came on the show. We had huge numbers, by the way. I think that's one of the reasons why our podcast numbers are so much up. It's, we, we've gone through the roof on the podcast. Did you I have Kennedy on as well or no? Well, we tried. Um, that's the thing he hasn't come on so i was you know using that a lot saying you know i think we're gonna have to endorse ed markey because joe kennedy never even came on and just they never responded and i'm fr i'm like friends with tito jackson you know i'm friends with the monica you know i'm friends with a lot of them and i'm just like and i really don't want to pick honestly uh, and sometimes it's like i don't really care like on, like i like ed markey like i'm probably like you leaning towards ed markey but Hey, I never said who I was leaning towards. I think. I'm guessing. I, maybe I could be wrong. Maybe you're leading to Joe Kennedy. I don't know. But I think you either way, though, it's funny because um, we haven't picked anybody. But other races, we definitely have, and we, you know, we're going to talk much more about them. Are there any, like, real local races that you are like, you know, I want to make sure people know I endorse this person or I support this person? I am minding my business. I have my, my own business. race to worry about right now. I am worried about the Chelsea and Charlestown district that really deserve representation. Um, we have the highest rate of asthma in the state. Chelsea has the highest rate of childhood asthma um, hospitalizations in the state. We are severely burdened by environmental crap, whether it's the airport, whether it's salt, whether it's industry, um, whether it's ExxonMobil. And right now, I just feel that the need here is so big. I ain't got time to be worried about any other race. I'm glad you brought those issues up because, you know, a lot of people think just, you know, everything's about greenhouse gases and global warming. I think environmental, for me, means a lot more than that. Absolutely. And you talked about some of those issues, especially Chelsea having, you know, 95, you know, uh, what do we call that? Route 1 going through it, you know, the, the bridge. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a big transportation kind of hub for the state. A lot of cars go through there, a lot of traffic. Uh, yeah. What can be done to kind of, what are the solutions to fix, especially the car issue where, you know, my friend, uh, Cambridge City Councilor Quinton, talks oh. often about the traffic where I used to live. I, I lived right next to him, actually. It's funny, I find out later after I become friends with him, 
where he, he you know, lives right around the block where I used to live for years. And I would notice this just naturally, but he, he actually measures it during the day, Monday through Friday, when all the cars come through by, you know, where we live in uh, Cambridge, it's a cut through to get to, you know, either Boston or Cambridge for a lot of people coming from the suburbs. And, you know, he would measure the amount of CO2 and, you know, all that crap that we, we would breathe during the day. And you'd have to close your windows. And then maybe on the weekends or later at night, you could open your windows again and the CO2 levels would go down. Um, that's, that's something I don't deal with now where I live up in Marblehead. I'm, I feel very lucky. And I, I know a lot of people, you know, where, when you're privileged or well off, you don't have to deal with these environmental issues. Yeah. How, how can that be fixed in this world where you live in a location where a million cars go by your house? Is, is there any kind of solution for that beyond just outlawing automobiles? Honestly, I, I guess it, I, for me, I would think is making sure that we're also accommodating the other modes of transportation terms of bikes and, and transit and really pushing for people to, to, to take buses and to commute and, and carpooling. Um, and also holding people, holding these corporations accountable, having them, maybe everyone needs to pay an additional fee or a tax and we, everyone should have windows that can protect them from not just the noise, but also the air pollution. Like when you hear people talking about going on their windowsill and they go like this on the windowsill and they soot from the airplane. Oh yeah. Uh, come on, like we, what are we saying? And it's, and usually when you look at the communities that are affected by this, it tends to be black and brown poor immigrant communities. And so, you know, it's not a coincidence. And, and I brought this up, I have an autoimmune disorder that, that derives in my lungs. And so I remember one time I put something up on social media and I, and I said, you know, sometimes we're not, we're not aware of what we can't see. We don't understand the effect it has on us. And people started sending me private messages about how they used to live in Chelsea. And when they moved out, all of a sudden their kids' asthma symptoms alleviated. Or it's, it's real. It's, it's, it's that, real. yeah, it's that in your face. And we don't talk about it enough, but we have to because COVID-19, that's what made us so susceptible to COVID-19. COVID-19 didn't say, hmm, I like Chelsea, Massachusetts. Um, it's because of the underlying health conditions, because we continue to allow these big corporations just get over and toxifying our waters and our air. So I think, you know, I think at the end of the day, what drives them, the reason why this is happening is money. People, it's greed, it's corporate greed. So then let's hit them where it hurts and let's make them pay for it. And then we use that money to create some type of filtration system in people's houses and fix their windows or, or something. I, I don't know, but I'm open to, and I'm not going to sit here. I'm not the type of politician that's going to sit there and tell you that I have all the answers because I don't, but something needs to give and that, that I do know. Excellent. And again, we, we're sitting, uh, sitting on the zoom with uh, Chelsea at large city councilor. You call yourself councilorette. I like that. I do. Thank you kindly. <laughs> I think that's very cool. Thank you. Uh, and she, you know, she's running right now for Massachusetts state rep as well. Uh, Damali Vito. Vito, Vito, yeah. Got it right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. I've done one good thing today. I've been having a tough time. I, I don't know if, uh, I, I actually want, I definitely want to mention today too that uh, some people have been following me. I've been a little bit off on the last week. Uh, there are a lot of things happening in my life right now. Number one was the back pain. But I want to, I want to make sure that people know that they should check out midnightmass.substack.com because we're going to have a lot of stuff coming out on there. Uh, some of the people were endorsing for voting, as well as uh, the Republican who called the police on me last weekend for asking questions at his standout. 
going to have a lot more uh, a story coming out on that as well. Uh, I think Dig Boston's interested in that too. So just just keep you know keep up with us. We're not like I'm not. I know some people are all over that story last week. We put the video out, and then he responded, and then people are like, Where, "Where's your response? It's coming, please. It is coming. You know it is." Stay up on that. Midnightmass.substack.com if you're new to us as well. Make sure you subscribe. That's where we put out a lot of our content as well as our podcasts. Again, we're, we're with the uh, at-large city councilorette uh, from Chelsea, Damali Vito. She's running for Massachusetts state rep. She's got a lot of great endorsements. You've also uh, you know, got the thumbs up from a friend of ours, uh, Saskia Van James. She was the one who... Uh, told me I had to have you on. Do you, do, are you familiar with her at all? Mm-mm, no, okay. One of her things is, you know, the big thing that she focuses on is equity in cannabis oh. and ownership of the cannabis in- industry uh, for people of color, people who have been harmed by the war on drugs, most specifically black people. I like to mm-hmm. be very clear on that. Uh, That's right. I, I feel like that should be for, you know, I'm all about cannabis because I'm a medical cannabis patient. I hurt my back a bunch of years ago. I've had cancer. I have real issues that I use it for. It's helped me immensely. It helped me keep me off drugs, uh, hard drugs like opiates. Uh, A lot of my other friends as well. Um, Where are you on the cannabis issue overall and also the equity issue? Where am I? I voted for it to be, I voted for the recreational. I've supported it all along. I believe that it has allowed, I think that I'm really tired of people telling us how we're supposed to live and making rules for us that, that, that with, without considering what the needs are. I know that marijuana has, for, for medicinal purposes, have, has had better effects on patients than some of the, the harder stuff that they give you at the doctor's office. Um, I think it was a great idea um, for recreational to be passed. And I really like the whole um, economic empowerment certificate idea. I wish it was way longer than two weeks for too long. Black and brown kids have been arrested um, as a result of these old school drug wars and drug laws and the school zones and everything that came along with that in the 80s and the 90s. And I too, I, I'm not gonna sit here and be a prude. I, I have been a victim to the same um, war on drugs, you know, and no one is above it. And so, you know, I just, it's, it's unfortunate that it was a good idea, but I think at the end of the day, what we're seeing, what we're seeing here in Chelsea is that it doesn't make sense to have an economic empowerment certificate for two weeks. And I know they do the whole social equity thing, but that they did it for two weeks with no zoning laws, capital, or any real infrastructure set up to help the people that were disproportionately impacted to be able to benefit from it. And still the people that are coming into our neighborhoods and our building are people with of affluence, people that have always been able to benefit from, from all of this. I was proud that to have supported a local organization um, in Chelsea that came through that was built of all people of color um, and they were able to open, but then right when they were going to open the pandemic hit. Um, and so, yeah, no, so I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I hear a lot of the things that what your stance is. I agree 1000% and I would make sure that, you know, there's, there's a lot of money to be made here and, and, and it should be made by those that were affected the worst and, and it could bring in money into our, into recreation and to, and to things that our communities need. We just need to open up our minds and update our old archaic zoning laws um, and, and just be real about it. Now you said you were a victim of it. Do you, do you want to like mention like you know myself? I was arrested once for medical cannabis use before it was 
medical, you know, before it was deemed legal to be even decrim or medical or any of that stuff. Do you want to mention like some of the I, ways? I, I don't want to get specific about anything, but I will say that I too, I am a convicted felon. I have my charges. I served my time as a young person. I had my run-ins with the law and it was a long time ago and some people don't want to let it go, but um, I'm a whole different person and I learn from it. And this is why I'm an advocate for criminal justice reform, because it's people like me that we don't usually end up getting out of it and then running for office and being able to be on the other side to talk and advocate for it, which is why it's important to elect people like me, because there's a lived experience you can't buy. And so, yeah. Wow. I didn't expect that. I didn't know that about you. Um, I'm sure that there's some folks probably from the local community who still hold that against you. Yeah. They don't like that very much. They don't, you know, they don't like the street credibility thing, but you know, at the end of the day, like, it's something that happens in poor communities and communities of color. And I was, I'm so grateful to have had organizations here in Chelsea and mentors and a strong family support system. Cause I didn't see this stuff at home. It was something I picked up in the environment. And so I'm, I'm just grateful to be able to have had that support to kind of guide me out of it. I, as soon as I got out of that, I became a youth worker and tried to help other young people. So they didn't fall down that, that path. And to this day, I run a youth basketball league that started as a youth basketball league, but it's so much more than that. It was, it's an anti-violence league. The idea is to create mentorship opportunities and build relationships with these kids in the summer when they have the most free time so that when they have a positive experience on a Friday, hopefully Saturday and Sunday won't be too filled with crime, you know, because I know how easy it is to get lost. I've been lost. I get it. And so I, you know, that's, that's where I come from. I come from a similar experience in some respects. Um, I wasn't a good kid, but I, I, the programs, the people, I don't agree with that. I mean, you know, when I say not a good kid, I just wasn't doing, I wasn't on the right path. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people. And when you say the environment for me, even as a little child, before I even had a choice on any of this stuff, I had impediments in my life because of my environment, but I was very lucky. Like, you know, I think sometimes you see this is the, the environment changes. All of a sudden things get positive. Right. And all of a sudden I was privileged, you know what I mean? And like, right. it's like all, and all of a sudden I was like, you know, for me, I mean, I can remember second grade specifically when I was a full on special ed student with disabilities yeah. and stuttering and the slow kid. And the Iowa test came along and I scored second highest in the class of, you know, a hundred kids. And they were like, this kid's really smart. Like, and, and no one knew because my environment, like I, I am so much about like, you know, when they say nurture versus nature, that's right. I think that we need to always think that. Cause I, I, I that's why I'm always about second chances or third chance or a hundred chances for people. Uh, Mike, if it wasn't for second and third chances, I would not be here. And so I think it's so important for us to have these candid conversations. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a convicted felon. And you know what, when I came out, I remember when I came out of jail, I remember coming back to the same neighborhood, same house, same clothes, same friends, same experiences. How the heck was I supposed to get out of this? I know what that feeling of stuckness feels like. I was, I'm so grateful for the community around me, but if you come back to all of the same things, how are you? And this is how you perpetuate the cycle. So I have lost so many friends that are still in and out of jail, that are on the drugs, that are on drugs still in the streets, or that OD'd or died or got killed. And so 
I remain humbled every single day knowing that it could have been me in that casket. For every funeral I went to, I know it could have been me, which is why I advocate the way that I do. This is why I understand this. But I think that we tend to want to label people. Oh, she's the convicted felon. Oh, he's a slow kid. And no, you just learn differently. And it's, it's the same thing. Like, and I can relate it to politics. We talk about housing. We talk about environmental. We talk about education. And we silo these issues. But if we like go back and we really analyze the whole thing, we see the intersection in everything. And we're not, I mean, imagine if we all learned the same, how boring would that be? You know, and, and, and it's also like just finding where there's commonality in all of us in our systems and figuring out how we approach it that way. So I feel you, I get it, and I'm, I appreciate your honesty because we don't have these real conversations enough. I appreciate yours. I mean, that you brought, bring that up and you're running in a campaign and, and you're talking about things in the past. Because I, I know that there are a lot of people yeah, I've been there in the past so many times. I, I always go back to my own stories because that's what I know. But so many times people are down. They're really down. And then they come back. And they do come back. Yeah. And, and it's, it's almost amazing. Our, but if we don't talk about our stories, what are we telling to all of the people that are struggling in the opiate crisis in Chelsea and Charleston and beyond? This isn't specific to us. It's everywhere. So what, if we don't talk about it or we shun people for talking about it, then what we're saying is we're not creating space for you. And, and I can't get down with that, you know? So look, if, if me talking honestly about something that I did 22 years ago is gonna cost me an election, I kept it real. And, and to me, that's more important. Awesome, we're, we're speaking to a uh, at-large, uh, for people that don't realize, at-large means citywide. She wasn't just a ward or a district. She, she won the citywide vote in the city of Chelsea to be a city council lorette as we call her. Uh, so she's a city councilor right now in the city of Chelsea. She's also running for Massachusetts state rep. How many terms have you, have you run in Chelsea? Oh, this, I just got, I just topped the ticket in November for my third term. Third term. So, and each term is two years. So I am currently, I've currently served closing out my fifth year at the end of this year. Did you, did you five years ago, would you ever expect to be where you are right now running for Absolutely state rep? Not. I wouldn't have even thought that I would be a city council. I didn't trust politicians. I ran because I said, I'm transparent. I'm going to, you know, I'm different. I'm a people's person. And so that's, that's what I did. I ran for that reason. And essentially, it's the same reason I'm running for the state rep now. I still believe there's, there's a lack of transparency in state government. Um, and I don't, you know, like this whole, we're constantly, there's so much division. I believe in this and I believe in this and I'm a Democrat and I'm a Republican. Meanwhile, we have a majority Democrat house at the state house and we can't get anything done. So, I mean, I think it's, it's a little bit more than that. I think I, I'm a little concerned because my opponent has like voted to not make votes that happen in committee transparent so that the public doesn't learn about them. And, and those are the things that bother me because I think that that perpetuates backroom deals and a level of opacity that makes people feel as if though they can't trust government. And I want people to trust government because government should be for and of the people, but we can't do that if we're not being honest or, or open about what we're doing behind the scenes. And so, you know, that's... That's bugged me for years up there is, you know, we, after things don't pass, we have to try to figure out who voted against it, why they voted against it. We have to call them. It's, well, we just went through this on a bill that should have gone through. Um, the, the committee system, what you just mentioned, the secrecy up there, 
it's 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 really problematic on so many levels. Um, it seems like it starts from the Speaker of the House. It always does. Up in Massachusetts, we always have like one one person runs everything. There's a lot of power that comes from that. How do you, if you're elected, how do you change that? How do you? Well, you know, first of all, that's a deep understanding that I'm there to amplify and serve the people of the second Suffolk district and not those with perceived power. I know the power lies with people, not with, uh, not with the Speaker of the House. And so that's number one. Number two is that I wish to align with folks and build on our commonalities. I believe there's somewhere where we can intersect, whether it's that we both like tuna fish or chocolate. I don't care, but that's where we align. Let's build there. Um, I, I, I want to look at the humanity in person. I don't care if you have a D, an I, or an R at the end of your name. At the end of the day, like, can we, because I do strongly believe that transparency is something that will transcend across party lines. I think that's something that all sides want. Um, and so maybe that that's where we need to begin. Um, I'm an organizer. I, I really just, I love people, period. And so I just, I really feel in organizing with folks on the outside as well. How can we work together? And it's not like if there's a race issue, I'm gonna work with Monica Cannon Grant and Black Lives Matter. If it's an immigration issue, I'm gonna work with Papi Montes. No, at the end of the day, injustice and inequity weaves through all of these systemic inequities and, and issues. So then let's all build together. I don't wanna silo the issues anymore. We all need to build together, build people power to attack the systems that are oppressing us. I love it. I love you. that you're an organizer. We need, I think we need, I think we need a lot more of you, you know, cause you're a woman, I think you're, so you're a person of color, you're, you know, you haven't been in office in a million years, especially at the state house, you haven't been there at all. Um, and you're, like you said, you're an organizer, people person, exactly what we need. And you know, what's wrong up there. Like and the transparency fairness, issue. I don't want to be in office for, I don't want to be a lifer. This isn't, I'm not doing this because I'm trying to get a paycheck. I hope to not be there in a couple of years. I just see a lack of leadership now and I'm stepping up now. My goal is to pass the baton on. I don't know what the average age is of the people in the house, but I wanna encourage more younger people to get involved um, so, that, so that I could pass the baton because nobody passed the baton to me. I had to fight my way up just to get into city council. And so I wanna make sure that with constant fresh energy, I believe in term limits, let's, let's freshen it up, let's, let's move, move along. Um, I hope to not be there in a few years if I make it. Um, this po political thing is for me has always been a lack of leadership and wanting more for um, for regular old folks, working families and young people and people that are too often left in the shadows, but it's not, I don't intend on being a lifer. Awesome. Well, I, I, sometimes we call it speed round. I just want to ask you sure. about like certain kind of policies, if they scare you, if you like them, mm -hmm. some of them are controversial. We mentioned cannabis earlier. Mm -hmm. um, there's the cannabis social equity fund mm -hmm. that has come up. I'm assuming you would support that. Yes. Yes. Okay. What about like further decrim efforts on other drugs? Like a lot of people have been talking about, you know, uh, psychedelics, mushrooms. There's also uh, some medicinal benefits maybe with some of them. W would you be opening open yes. to decrim about? Yes. Yes. Uh, what about like safe injection sites for drug users? To, I yes. would. So you're yes. like totally like me. You're like totally like all the way on this stuff, right? Harm I reduction. Just, I, I just feel like I don't understand how more rules helps. I think, <laughs> and I think that there's, there's people that there's studies that show um, that this, there's evidence that supports this. It's not like people are saying, hey, let's all just get high, you know, in the park. 
I mean, there's evidence that says that if we do this, it's safer. I drove through Methadone Mile yesterday. Anyway, I'm not even going to go there. No, tell right. me about that. because I, 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 There's tents there now. There's tents and people. It's just unfortunate the way that people are living. And so what would it mean if we provided safe places for people to go? Because God knows that where they are right now is not safe, living on the side of a highway. And so I just don't understand what, what our priorities are. I, I really don't. I, 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 it's just, I, I don't know. It's just really, it's just really disturbing. I, I just wish that there's evidence that, that says that some of these psychedelic drugs are, are, can help people get off of certain other drugs, That's more right. drugs that hurt them. So let's go with science. I believe in science. So let's, 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 I'm open to anything. I'm not saying I have the answers for anything. I'm just saying that I'm open to anything. And if it's backed by science, I'm there. I love it. <laughs> I feel the same way. Like people always want to ask you, like drill down and ask all these difficult questions and answers like i don't know everything but let's go with what science the scientists say let's get a doctor yeah. and let's figure out what they they think makes the most sense and, and if it doesn't work we'll go back but let's try it i mean we're all trying to figure this out as well like we inherited the system so it's not really working COVID has exposed that so then let's try anything we can to create a better life and a quality of life for everyone and if it doesn't work then we'll go back but let's explore let's not be rigid because too many people are being left behind. Now there's uh, been a lot going on with police reform. Mm -hmm. What do you think about some of the police, like they, they wanted to ban, um, main, uh, what do you call it, tear gas. Mm -hmm. uh, they also you know, were looking to get rid of qualified immunity. Where, where do you stand on those types of so I believe that we should ban tear gas. Um, I, it's banned in some wars. I can't see why we would need that in an area like Boston. I know that the incumbent that I'm challenging voted. He, he wanted to keep it. He didn't vote to ban it. And when I think about communities like Chelsea and Charleston, where there are legit disparities that are very blatant, um, these would be the communities that would probably be protesting. These are also the communities that have high asthma rates, but you don't want to ban tear gas. What are we saying? You know, so, so yeah, I would absolutely want to ban tear gas. And I just think that, you know, being able to protest is people's right. Um, it's this country, movements in this country and laws have been passed because we're able to mobilize and talk about it. Um, I think we're so quick to hold on to these sides and we're not listening enough to each other. As far as qualified immunity, I believe that good cops, um, support this. I've talked to a lot of good cops um, and good cops want to work with other good cops. And I can't think of any profession uh, where folks are immune from accountability, especially one that literally is armed with stuff that can like tragically hurt other people. And so I want to see immunity, not just for, uh, I, I want to see repealing qualified immunity, not just for police officers, but for elected officials as well. I see how some elected officials just walk around here like, you know, they run the world and, and there needs to be accountability for everyone. I mean, we all do better when we're all held accountable. Um, it's nothing against the police. I think, I think the police are being asked to do more um, with less, with, with, I don't, I don't wanna say less resources because they're, they're, they're very well funded. But I think that we need to talk about reimagining how we want public safety to look like in our communities and giving our police officers the tools that they need because the majority of the calls that they're getting are domestic violence, mental health, and, and, and addiction problems. So what does it mean if the police officer is 
a mental health uh, counselor or if the, they're a violence interventionist or if they have access to beds, uh, recovery beds, what would that mean if we actually work more cohesively to actually help and support and guide rather than police? Thank you. We're, we're the Young Jerks. We've got uh, a great guest, as you've been listening to. Uh, she's a at-large Chelsea city councilor at Damali Avido. Uh, she's running for Massachusetts state rep. You should definitely check her out. I, I'm going to say I'm endorsing you. I'm already. I was already there before. You 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 made me feel good about being late today. I hate being late. Um, I was late. I woke up late. I was not happy about all everything about me today and i first thing i got on the zoom i'm like i'm gonna be fine because you you were so great you were so like you know or whatever well you have to be gentle with yourself and we're in a pandemic and and times are so stressful and don't be so hard on yourself yeah i i needed that a couple hours of sleep honestly i did I've had, a, I've had a brutal week sometimes it happens to us you know especially now they're in the pandemic it's it's i think we all are I was saying that the other day on social media, I saw like a bunch of people fighting. Like, you know, you know how you see the two sides always fighting? And usually I'd be on one side. At one point I just said, you know, I think we should just all give each other a break. Like it's so awful right now out there. This is what we all have to deal with, really. Like Rodney King, can't we all just get along, right? Yeah, and me, I usually never say that stuff. I'm like, <laughs> I'm a troll. I'm like, keep trolling him. Sometimes I feel like that lately because it's, this is a lot to deal with. It, like the pandemic is, we already had a lot of issues in this country, in this world. And I think we have it pretty good, America does, compared to a lot of other countries. But we've had a lot of issues going on. You know, the disparity, the racial issues, just a lot has been going on in this country for a long time. And now this COVID-19, it's just in the election and whether kids are going back to school this year, the, the, the stress level and, and the amount of people out of work now and the health concerns, if talking to this person gonna kill me. Yes. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm not a, I'm a guy who doesn't get afraid. And lately I've been kind of getting afraid, I have to admit. I mean, it's, it's scary out there. And, you're, and here you are running for state rep. I mean, you're, you're doing something where, that requires you to go out and see people, I mean, do you have a lot of concerns when you're out in the community right now with, with you know, that you're going to catch it or spread it? Like, yeah, how do you deal with that? So I, I, like I said, I have an autoimmune disorder. It's sarcoidosis and it's in my lungs. So I'm super vulnerable. Um, so we're not, my campaign is not door knocking. Um, where we'll have events where we'll do like standouts where we're practicing social distancing. Um, we always have our hand sanitizer. Um, we're doing a lot of phone calls. We have to resort to other modes to reach folks. Um, rather than the door knocking, because I couldn't have it live on my conscience if God, somebody got sick. Um, so it's tough, but it's also tough because, you know, and what you're saying is basically like, we're humans. And so that interaction you have with people, it's, it's one, like we're, we're on Zoom and you and I, we're vibing, right? But if we were, I'd be able to pick up on your energy. It's a little different, you know, when you're talking okay. to someone. And so to not be able to do that with someone, it's just hard, especially for me, because I really want to build with people. Like I'm not a transactional type person. I believe in transformational and relational. So when I'm talking to folks, it's like, you know, I could talk to them about my concerns, but on the phone, it's just different. You know, it's just, it's just not the same. So it, it just removes a certain 
this element that that we took for granted before you know i think about other parties i didn't go to um before and i'm like oh, i would love to go to a party now and so yeah it just it just takes away that very human aspect of everything that i believe is fundamental um to keeping us happy you know that building on, on each other's energies but we're doing our best our message seems to be really resonating we're really excited um to be able to to, to lead my team is is amazing we were super diverse where we have a bunch of young folks um it's amazing and we're all getting together gotv trying to make sure that people come out to vote if anybody wants to come and volunteer for our campaign please go to votedamali.org sign up make a donation um come through we can the more the merrier votedamali.org yes that's awesome so people yeah. can and help out right now votedamali.org so it's the right. same thing because vote and vote is spelled the same way in English and Spanish. Awesome. So, so people can help right now. Early voting has already started. Yep. I know in Chelsea, where, like, what are the cities and towns? Is it just Chelsea or are there other cities and towns people can vote for you for state rep right now? No, it's just, it's all of Charlestown and the majority of Chelsea. It's not even all of Chelsea. Yeah. So majority of Chelsea and part of Charlestown. And all of Charlestown. Oh, all of Charlestown. Okay. All of Charlestown. Which I always found was weird. Like, uh, where does Charlestown and It's the bridge, right? I mean, that's basically what you think, think is Charlestown. Is that it? That's it? Exactly. Then, then you have that section where you think you're in Charlestown, but you're actually in Somerville. Yeah, but you know what? There's this building that I found that actually looks like it's in Somerville, but it's actually in Charlestown. You have to look right? at the it's really I, it is weird over there. You know where I'm talking about <laughs> I now. I do. Because, you know, I, I used to deliver food over there. Yeah. Like, and that's where, like, the difference that you like, is this Somerville? You know, it's funny because you notice these things when you're, when you're either running for office or you're delivering food in an area. <laughs> for me, it's delivering food. Yeah. So you're, uh, again, uh, running for office right now. People can support you. They can give you donations, I'm sure, on there. Vote. Absolutely. Yeah, you can make donations on votedamali.org. There's a link um, at the bottom of the screen to donate uh, to ACLU. Uh, for volunteer opportunities or making phone calls, you could do lit drops. Um, yeah, we, uh, the more the merrier. It's, it's really exciting. It's really good vibes. Um, yeah. And later tonight, you also have another forum. I know I was noticing with, uh, some great, some of them have been on the show. I'm really excited to actually check it out because it's, it's a bunch of great candidates. What is that all about later tonight? Um, our revolution, um, I was endorsed by them as well. And so they're having a couple of, um, a couple of folks. And I think there's a Q&A. We're talking a little a bit. I think we're all endorsed. And so I don't really know a lot about it. I just know that I have to show up. Awesome. That would be fun. <laughs> I know uh, Isain Lucky is going to be on that. Uh, we we have Sean. some. Yeah. Thank you for saying that correctly for me. She's awesome. I like her a lot. Uh, she's running for Congress, U.S. Congress, Joe Kennedy's former seat. Mm -hmm. So check that out later tonight. I think that's at 6 p.m. It's either 6, no, 7 hour, I know, 7. It's 7, 7 p.m. So another hour. It's about 6 p.m. now. Um, I've, been, I've kept you here almost an hour. I'm sure you, you, you know, have a few things you want to mention before you leave. How do you want to wrap it up? Are there any issues, other issues that you want to make sure that you mention that you care about, that you're concerned about? Any last talking points? I guess. Well, first and foremost, I just want to thank you for the opportunity um, to be on your show. Um, 
and just, you know, just kind of the laid back uh, vibe of it. it. It's really good. I think that, you know, when we think politics, we always think, you know, you have to be stiff and you're wearing a suit. And I really, you know, I'm a regular old person, just like everyone else. And so I just appreciate the ability to be able to let my hair down and just be human. Um, I guess what I want to say is that um, I know there are a lot of people that are really excited about me running and there are people that probably not so much. Um, and that's okay. At the end of the day, if I'm elected, I'm looking to represent everyone and I am someone that's approachable and that we can talk to. I think COVID-19 has really given us permission to reimagine the world and the society that we want to live in and, and even reimagine what government could look like. I think what it exposes that the government or the systems of the past didn't work for everyone. And so we have an opportunity to recreate this and to elect someone that has the forward thinking to be able to move us in a different direction. Now, I don't have all the answers, I don't, but I believe wholeheartedly that in building with community and being connected with all these organizations that supported me, community uh, leaders, and with my constituents that will be able to, um, to create magic because ultimately I'm not there to push my agenda, agenda but to amplify the needs of the district overall. And I believe that when we build on our shared values that we can really achieve everything. And so um, I don't think that what COVID is showing us is that the same leadership of the past is gonna lead us into the future. And so I, I am gonna ask folks to vote for me because I know that I'm a better candidate for these times right now and for the district. My lived experience allows me to not be limited in the tents that I'm creating. Uh, the tents that have been set up leave too many behind in the shadows, under the bridge. Um, there are people that are not often thought about. And so I wanna make sure that I'm bringing everyone with me by building a bigger tent. And so I am excited to be able to represent this district. I um, built big on accountability and inclusivity and transparency most of all, because together we could create what we want to um, we want to see in the future. We were at a forum um, last two weeks ago and somebody said, do you support Medicare for all? Do you support public education? Do you support, and I said, yeah, all of it, yeah. And the opponent said, well, we can't just give it away. And I'm like, give, give what away? We're, we're nicknamed Taxachusetts. Close corporate loopholes, tax the rich, Let's figure out how we get this money and let's reimagine our priorities so we can create a government where we can all thrive, where people don't have to wait in line for hours to get a box of food. I believe wholeheartedly that there's a way where we can all meet somewhere in the middle, where we can all just eat, where we can all be safe and we can all live, um, like have a quality of life where we can thrive and we don't have to struggle. So I believe in humanity and I think it's time that we bring it back. COVID showed us that. When everyone was struggling and everybody, I didn't care if you were a Republican or a Democrat. Did you need food? What do you need? How can I support you? One hand washes the other, each one teach one. Let's build. We don't, the worst thing that we could do is think that we have it all figured out. So let's work together and move forward collectively. Awesome. That's uh, uh, Chelsea City Council Laurette Damali Vito. She's running Massachusetts State Rep. You can find out more information. Vote Damali.org. Supporter campaign. I'm I'm already there. I was already there before you even came on the show. I looked you up and I was like, yes. So we have, I mean, if we have leadership, like, you know, if led by people that actually are, are forward thinking, open minds, leading with science, leading with harm reduction, leading with lifting communities, really representing them. I, I like what you said earlier too, where it's not just about 
I'm just gonna like so often I'm I'm like in a big in the cannabis space mm-hmm. as like you know one of the leading advocates, but so many times we get turfed where where these you know my friends, a couple of my friends, we're the leading patients, but we're not in an organization because we don't trust the organization. The organization keeps astroturfing on real patients. They really represent the dispensaries. And so often we get frustrated, and I see this in every movement, where you know it's just you're, there's certain people that always get called on, and they get kind of that's it. That that's where the movement begins and ends. Where it's really if if it's a real representative movement, they're talking to all the patients, okay. you know, or or whatever you know movement or community you're dealing with in that situation. So I'm really glad you said that earlier because so many things you've said tonight. And you even you even comment under my hat, and and it's, I've worn these hats for months, and I don't even figure this out. Within two seconds, you've you figured out something about my clothing that I didn't even know. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I'm impressed. I am very impressed. So I'm telling everyone, vote for her, support her. You can vote for her right now. VoteDamali.org is the website. Go on there. Give her some money. Give her some support. Make some phone calls for her. Uh, I, I thank you so much for your time. I know how busy you are running an election. Uh, I really had a pleasure talking to you tonight. Likewise. Meeting you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend. You too. And uh, we're the Young Jerks, so that's it. We'll, we'll see you next time real soon. And again, I would definitely check her out, votedamali.org. Uh, Mike Crawford checking out. We'll see you again. Hopefully, I wake up on time next time. Bye, people. Thank you, Damali. Thank you, Mike. The Young Jerks are sponsored by UFCW 1445, a labor union representing cannabis employees in Massachusetts. If you are a cannabis employee worried about your health and safety and are not being heard at work, UFCW, local 1445.org, or call them at 1-800-439-1445.